Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 360 Diaspora Experience Podcast, where we talk about family, faith, and finance. This is the show where we help you to build mindset for legacy and generational building for your family. My name is KG Ogunleye, and today we are talking about, I don't even know what we're talking about with, with my guest today, but we're going to talk, right? So introduce yourself, <laughs> my guest. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon. Good evening. Whenever you hear this podcast, I am Dr. Promise Olomo from Baltimore, Maryland, by way of Lagos, Nigeria. You just dropped it by way of Lagos, Nigeria. So, Dr. Promise, uh, what do you do? So, anesthesiology. Anesthesiologist. All right. So, Dr. Promise. As you've already just dropped the hint, you grew up in Nigeria, right? Yes, I did. Hmm. So growing up, did you guys talk about, I mean, you know, in Nigeria, they talk about you going to college and doing all this stuff. Do you talk about money, finance, how to make sure you spend your money right, how to invest? Do you, did you talk about that? Uh, with uh, 100% certainty, the answer is zero. In fact, <laughs> The fact that I am in anesthesiology today is short of a miracle because as a child growing up, they asked what I wanted to do. I thought I would be a lawyer because, you know, God gave me ability to be articulate. Um, but I hated the sight of blood. I hated the smell of hospitals. But God has a sense of humor. Here I am giving anesthesia. <laughs> we didn't talk about finances at all. My parents never sat us down to give us financial literacy or anything to that effect. Okay, so you just jumped the question. So you thought you were going to be a lawyer. So how... A lawyer or a broadcast journalist, yes. But huh. I knew, lawyer... <laughs> I knew lawyer spent so many years arguing and talking and because my mind works at a million miles an hour that's a hyperbole or hyperbole i figured the judge will always hold me in contempt because i would always be arguing <laughs> so i gave up on law okay and god and god and faith directed me accidentally there's a real short story about how i got into anesthesiology uh, but yes, I thought I'd be a lawyer. But uh, man proposes, God disposes. They say if you want to tell, if you want God to laugh, tell him your plans, and he will change it. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. It like so, egg. Yeah, exactly. So now you are in uh, United States, right? Because you went to all your school advanced degree in the states, right? Correct. Community College, Johns Hopkins, University of Maryland, anesthesia, doctorate, everything in the U.S. In the U.S. So, what did you? Why did you go to the medical field? What What was the uh, What was the uh, motivation? So, um, somehow I was able to somehow get over or ignore my hatred of blood and smell of hospitals, and um, I just happened to hear of the field of anesthesiology, and I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. So I went to shadow in the operating room, somebody who gives anesthesia. I tend to say that I have a self-diagnosed condition called delayed excitement syndrome. So my, my emotions may 
lag behind, but in my head and my conviction, I knew. I didn't feel excited about that at the time, but in my spirit, in my head, I knew this is what I was supposed to do, even if I didn't understand it. And so I committed to it and figured out what the requirements are and started checking off the boxes in preparation. Wow. So what you're saying is even from before when you started community college, you've already made up your mind you're going to be an anesthesiologist, not just... Uh, no, I did not. I okay. absolutely did not. In fact, I, I started off as psychology minor. When I first got to the U.S., I went to West Virginia. I did pre-biology, pre-med, and psychology. I couldn't decide. I was having to. I was trying to eat my cake and have it. <laughs> I, I kept dabbling. Aj, aoj. For those who understand Yoruba, it's almost like lottery. Uh, but eventually, the hand of providence led me. When I got to West Virginia, my sponsor from the U.S. Um, from in Nigeria. Then, uh, when I got here in 2002, all of a sudden dropped out of my sponsorship and so in the middle of winter i found myself homeless helpless without shelter i was going to salvation army for flood the housing director in concord at the college pulled me to his office because i didn't have 50 dollars since he had backed out of my sponsorship and he said in 36 years of administration i was the poorest student he has ever seen so that so i got serious it's true. He said it to my face. It was a double, it was a Bruce Lee double kick got punched. But they escorted me with campus security, kicked me off, and I started sleeping on the floor. So the whole idea of medicine, pre-med, psychology ended like that. And for three oh, wow. years, I was just mm -hmm. aimless, roaming around aimlessly. But the hand of providence somehow found a complete stranger, Caucasian stranger, a reverend and his wife that took me into their house for a year. So the whole idea of career ended and I started working in a grocery store only for, you know, at the appointed time, I found a way to get back in community college and the rest is history. But in community college, no, I just was in survival mode. Anything you give me, I would do then. Medicine was out of the way. Wow, this is serious experience. And West Virginia is cold. You're coming from a tropical weather and you are homeless it, in West Virginia. It was a shock across the board. Cultural, weather, mm -hmm. poverty. In fact, the little money I had then, when I got to West Virginia on the day I arrived, I turned mm -hmm. 18 then, um, I had to wave down a complete stranger who was living out of one of the resident halls to borrow me $50 to pay the taxi that brought me to school. That is how poor this child was. And then I had to buy ramen noodles. I would eat one around 10 and eat one around 6, and that is how I survived. I soaked it in water. Yes. Well, God is good, right? Now you, from West Virginia, you found yourself in Maryland. Yes. Okay. So I found myself in, in Richmond, Virginia, and then Maryland, but that's not necessary detail. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But then now you start school. Where, where did you go? You go to uh, Prince George's Community College? Yes. I, I found myself in Richmond, Virginia. I worked in Ucrops, Arby's as a cashier, as to all of that stuff. And then some uncle who knew my mom, my late mom, um, said, come to Maryland. And so I stayed with him. Then I got a job at Bank of America as a teller. 
and then uh, but that was three years having dropped out of school and then mm-hmm. I, I mustered some courage and energy and started all over in Prince George's Community College. But I mean, yeah, because three years you're able to get yourself back. It's actually very hard, right? Very. Yeah, mm. but you know, tango, tango, tango. So when now you get back to school and doing all the financing, how did you finance your school? Did you take a lot of loans? What did you do? Very good. Initially, I took a, a student loan um, and I was paying instrumentally. They had a program at the George's Community College where you could pay, you know, quarterly or something. But as the hand of providence will have it, the week they demanded that I come pay and show documentation so that I can get financial aid, that was the week that somehow my uh, work authorization green card arrived in the mail. God is the God of timing. Yes, and that's yes, how I yes. then got financial aid. But Grace also then made it that from that point forward, I got scholarships for the rest of my education. Scholarship, uh, uh, did you apply? Because we're trying to kind of inspire people to let them know that you can really do this and, you know, go to college without a lot of loans. So did you apply? Because you went to Schools that are expensive, U.S. of Maryland and uh, John Hopkins. Johns Hopkins, yes. It costs mm-hmm. something thousand every year to go there. But mm-hmm. what happened is that while I was at Prince George's Community College, see, sometimes, you know, the hand of providence places people in your path. During one of the holidays, a junk email came into my inbox. I would check their junk email while you're on a long holiday between semesters. Mm-hmm. But somehow, I did. And I saw some emails talking about Jack and Cook Foundation scholarship. So I inquired from the Honor Program, Honor Society. I said, what is this? He said, oh, it's a prestigious scholarship. It's very difficult to get, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's very involving. So somehow I committed to it. So it's like faith without work void. So I actually had to do something. You know, <laughs> if God prepares a table before you in the presence of the enemies, you have to still show up to the table. I had to act on it, and that's how I did the application. And they selected 20 students in the entire country out of thousands that applied. And somehow, this promise Solomon uh, got selected. So the Jack and Cook Foundation was able to provide, you know, scholarship for me to go to Southern's and then provide scholarship for me to go to, you know, for my anesthesia and doctorate. And the Jack and Cook Scholarship still exists, so people can Google it, look it up. So the, the fact that there's a lot of uh, applicants did not deter you from doing it, because that's, that sometimes can be a deterrent, like, oh, well, I'm not going to get it. It was a long process. They had to nominate. Now the school doesn't have to nominate you. They've changed it. But the school had to mm-hmm. nominate internally. There was an internal competition on which two students should represent each community college. And then you mm-hmm. had to write all these recommendation letters, essays, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. So, but it's different now. It's, it's not as, as challenging. So students in high school can take opportunity of this um, early. Uh, but also there is an organization called Central Scholarship. They still exist till today. They started off as a Jewish organization. They exist mm-hmm. till today. In fact, I've just been asked to be one of their secret, uh, you know, reviewer of applications. So I go from years ago being a recipient to now being about to be one of those that select. So yes, uh, Central Scholarship, Jack and Cook uh, Scholarship, 
Hillman Scholarship, Entrepreneur Scholarship, was one of the scholarships I got while I was at Community College. Still mm-hmm. exists till today. So your listeners can take note of those scholarships and look them up mm-hmm. and apply. Okay. Qualified. That's good. That's good. Thank you. So now, Dr. Promise, you finish your mm-hmm. schools and you're making all this money, right? <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> all, all this How money is you? relative. You're making all this money. That's relative. <laughs> okay. But, I mean, so but one thing that I like about you is when you decided to buy a house, what did you do? Ah, I went to the best realtor, real estate broker uh, on this side of the hemisphere in Northern America in the person of realtor KG Oguleye. <laughs> and Thank I you. was, I was, <laughs> I was starting then at Johns Hopkins. I figured I needed accommodation and I would have to pay rent regardless. So I'm like, why pay rent if you can own? And so I bought a multi-unit property. Real Tokeji helped me find that property not far from Hopkins, about 20 minutes, so I could make the commute easy. Uh, found the property. We found three. We eliminated, made the offer got 6% from seller back then, and I'm still living in that property now. So even when you see I'm making all this money, I didn't become bigger than my britches. I didn't say, <laughs> oh, I've arrived. Let me go and buy a, a five five mansions so that people can clap for me. And the physiologist mm-hmm. will say, plenty money. No. <laughs> so, still living as a student. Correct. I'm still living... So this is my belief on wealth, and I'm not a wealth or financial expert. You can either increase your income, or you can reduce your expenditure, or you can do both. I happen to be in a unique situation where, as a 1099 person, given anesthesia, I can dictate my rates. I can say how many times I want to work. So if I want to make half a million a year, I can increase how much I work. I can increase my rates. So, but many people cannot do that. I am aware. You can't just walk up mm-hmm. to your boss and say, I need a $10,000, $20,000 raise. So just look at you and be mm-hmm. like, it's not time for your review or your promotion yet on how do you justify it. So it's a, it's grace. Yes, yes, yes. So, but then with the multi-unit, you are able to build equity by having other people pay your mortgage, right? Correct. While I was a student, I had tenants then. And so, mm-hmm. yes, we were using Owabu. Those who understand Proverbs to entertain Abu, it wasn't robbing Peter to pay Paul. It was collecting from Peter to pay Peter <laughs> or Paul to pay Peter. So the tenants mm-hmm. were, you know, the rent from upstairs and downstairs was more than enough to cover the rent or the mortgage on the house. Correct. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Thank you. Wow, that's good. That's a good thing. Right. So now I, i'm gonna go there again you're making all this money but then you are still <laughs> very prudent you're still very prudent with your money right that is, uh, that is true i mean i have one or few items that you might consider luxury items i don't know if i'm allowed to say that since you've already uh opened my bum bum by saying that i make all this money and when people hear <laughs> anesthesiology all they hear is catching, catching. They don't think of the life and death, you know, risk of taking care of each patient. But by mm-hmm. grace, I drive a Maserati. Uh, that's not a bragging thing. You know, there are people who drive Lamborghinis. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's one reward luxury item I have. And I did buy one for my wife too. So 
we had Martin mm-hmm. Maserati. Uh, but besides that, um, most of the funds I have, I have invested in index funds, uh, uh-huh. savings, you know. So I have index funds, I have savings, multiple retirements, I have some crypto, you know. So I'm pretty diversified, but I didn't learn this from my parents or from any financial book. It's just something that I, I pick up on instruction. I hear, I listen. It's, you have two mm-hmm. ears and one mouth. I talk a lot, but I've, I'm learning increasingly to listen more. So I hear things, you know, ideas, information drops into my hearing and I act on mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So even cool. buying yeah. multi-property. It was mm-hmm. one, a friend of a friend that had a rental that I heard of that inspired me to say, oh, if you're starting school at Hopkins, do what that mm-hmm. kind of friend did is how I got in touch with you. So I'm usually listening and I'm sensitive to what's helpful and I adopt it. That's good. That's good. So now, you know, one thing you said earlier is you're a 1099. 1099 means you work for yourself. But at the same time, I'm Correct. so happy you said you've already on the path to make sure your retirement because you don't want to be an anesthesiologist forever, right? No, no. I don't even think I have a choice in being an anesthesiologist forever. Uh, mm-hmm. I, it's funny that yesterday at the gas station, some guy approached me and I'm also learning to not, you know, no chip on my shoulder, no resentment, but he saw the car. He wanted to help me pump gas. I said, no, he said he's 34. He said, how old am I 38? He saw my badge. He saw a doctor. Uh, then he says, ah, you'll be retired before you are 50. I don't know if it was prophetic or he was just when it's like, you will be able to retire. So, yes, he doesn't know what the plan is, but yes. Uh-huh. So, retirement oh, okay. is... Uh, <laughs> he just said it. A random guy uh-huh, mm-hmm. trying to milk yeah. me for some income. But he says, mm-hmm. if you're 38 and 34 and you're a doctor, you will be retired before you're 50. I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. How does he know All that? Right. I didn't know that, right? God is working. All right. Thank you for listening. We're going to take a short break and we'll come back and talk to Dr. Promise more. Thank you. When you leave your business, do you leave the door unlocked? When facing legal matters in the business world, do not leave your business unprotected. There is help when it comes to business contracting, even collecting past due receivables from clients. An experienced attorney is critical to resolving disputes. Don't do it alone. At SJS Law Firm, their mission is to partner with clients to help them achieve the business of their dreams and plans with timely and strategic legal advice. Their legal counselors and advisors committed, providing individualized service that is tailored to the unique needs of your business. SJS Law Firm provides the legal support you need to move forward with confidence. Secure the knowledge that you have a legal team watching out for your best interests. Don't leave the door open. Call SJS Law Firm serving small business owners, entrepreneurs, and nonprofits. Call 202-505-5309. That's 202-505-5309. Or find them at the sjslawfirm.com. Hey there, this is KG. Are you looking for opportunity to build wealth using real estate? Are you looking for opportunity to build generational wealth? This is KG. I'm a realtor with TFX Realty. I help people buy and sell real estate, build generational wealth. Listen, if you're looking to buy, sell, or move, contact me and I'll take care of you. Don't forget to contact me. You can email me kg at metrohomesrealty.com. That's K E J I 
at metrohomesrealty.com. Let's connect so that you can start building wealth for your family and the next generation. All right, welcome back. All right, Dr. Promise, we are back. We're I'm back. back. Dr. Yes, Thank so we're you. talking about making the right financial decision. One thing you said uh, is you're investing, you're diversifying, which is good. So, listen, what advice can you give your 20 year old self financially? Ooh. My 20 year old self financially didn't have two pennies to rub together. Uh, but I would tell my 20-year-old self uh, to to listen. Listening mm-hmm. is one of the harder things to do. I think sometimes you can't be better than your circle. So surround yourself with people that are either doing just as well or preferably better than yourself. Uh, they are financial books, financial literacy. It's amazing the things they make you learn in high school and stuff, but I don't think financial literacy is emphasized in school, that a lot mm-hmm. of people, especially minorities or stuff, were growing up with huge generational wealth gap and divide, but it's like no clue how to move forward or how mm-hmm. to bridge the gap. So my 20-year-old self should listen more my 20-year-old self should surround myself with people who are doing financially better. My 20-year-old self should read financial literacy books um, and that will help you understand how the financial world works because it's not magic. It's not intuitive all the time. I may have been fortunate that I just happened to be in this position. And my 20-year-old self um, should choose a career that is both a passion and also lucrative. I personally don't believe in going to a liberal arts college, pay $50,000 every year to get a PhD in basket weaving. Um, if basket weaving is your passion, <laughs> if basket weaving is your passion, make it a hobby on the side. Choose something that you can kind of sort of do and give you the kind of income that you think would help you live the quality of life you want and then use that as your nest egg to be able to plan and diversify invest and all that that's what i would tell my 20 year old self and then thankfully i didn't go study basket weaving so that kind of thing okay that's a promise but not everybody can do medicine i didn't say do medicine i just said choose a career path or, in fact, you don't even have to go technically to college. I know this is counterintuitive. There are many electrician plumbers that when you hear the hourly rates they are charging, technical school and stuff like that, that you're like, whoa, why did I spend all these years in school when they are charging me $150 an hour to do repair in my house? So, no, mm-hmm. you could be an entrepreneur. You don't have to go and get, you know, 500 degrees like Dr. Promise. No, uh, you can do, you know, hands-on stuff. You can choose you don't have to be medicine. You can actually do IT certifications. I have friends that mm-hmm. are doing like C++, Cisco, all this stuff, um, mm-hmm. whatever they are calling all this. And within a six-month period, a year, they are getting all these multiple certifications, Apple this, Web this, and mm-hmm. they are making six figures. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. So the obsession with going to college, 
Correct. Mm-hmm. Find a passion and find something that also gives you uh, the income and the flexibility, the quality of life um, that helps you be able to, because again, people who do medicine in general, like I said, you know, if I was a surgeon, I could be on call, or if I was in telemedicine, I would spend all this time. But based on what I do, I don't have to carry work home. I don't carry patients home. And so mm-hmm. it gives me a good quality of life. So this is all stuff that people have to sit down and figure what is important to you as a 20-year-old. Is it money? Is it fame? Is it time with family? Is it income? Is it passion? Is it vision? Figure it out and figure out how a career or a vocation fits into that picture. Yes, it's balanced. Good. I mean, it's Correct. funny that you make, uh, you said vocation, but you know in the diaspora, right, mm-hmm. parents always knock it on their children and say, you have to go to college, you have to go. There's nothing wrong in college. I'm just saying, like you just it's said. It's a good fallback. Other options. Have a degree, because again, it's a good fallback, even if you don't mm-hmm. just have one. I'll give a silly example. Somebody like Davido, I'm told, he's a billionaire, his father is a billionaire. But the point mm-hmm. is that even though he's pursuing music, his father ensured that he still had a degree. So this mm-hmm. is not a normal example. I'm told that in one of the universities, there was no music department. The father paid to create a music department for a student of one so that the boy can mm-hmm. have a degree, just to say he has one. So if you mm-hmm. must do have a degree, even if it's just a community college degree, or a first degree, have one to say you have one as a backup and that you're just not a high school graduate. You never know. So, but if yes. you're going to pursue a vocation, then pursue a vocation. Or even in these community colleges, they teach you some of this vocational stuff. So you can actually yes. become one of those things with a degree. Yes, yes. So the thing is, do what you like. Go for your passion. And for parents. I think for parents, they are mm-hmm. interested in your future success and career, but I think a lot of times they are also living vicariously through you. So parents yes. that did not make a certain level of achievement, they believe their children should be greater mm-hmm. than them. And when they are competing and when they are in group in, with their other friends and they are boasting, my friend is a doctor, my friend is God, my friend is a you know, super aeronautic engineer. They also want to be able to say that my child is a doctor, a lawyer, something prestigious. But if parents can get over that part and say, is my child happy? Is my child fulfilled? Is my child working in destiny? And it's not a competition. Then maybe they would relax a little bit and let a child find themselves and guide, not force, not compel, and let the child do what the child was meant to do or what the child is interested in or what will bring the child happiness instead of trying to brag on them. All right, parents in diaspora, listen to Dr. Promise. You know, this is a very big issue in our community. You know that you need to be a lawyer, you need to be an architect. I mean, there's nothing wrong in that, but- Or else you're a failure. Mm -hmm. Or else they see you as a failure. Which is wrong, right? Which is wrong, very, very wrong. Yes, and the crazy part is this, if Mm -hmm. I may say, the crazy part, sorry to say that, it's just expression, Mm -hmm. is that I feel like there are adults today that they are stuck in a profession that they were forced to do because their parents insisted they've been miserable for 30 years. The parents are long dead and gone and they are trapped in a profession that they are doing it to validate and get approval for parents. Now, lest I say, move career apart, 
parents validate your children for more than just career or achievement. Let them know they are loved from young. Let them know they are supported regardless. Because that way, they don't spend their entire adult life subconsciously still trying to validate, please, parents that are long dead and gone, and they are miserable in the present because they weren't validated early as children. They weren't told that it's okay. You don't have to be doctor for me to love you. You don't have to be ever first for me to love you in, in your report sheet. And that, that gives a sense, a, a child, a sense of stability, a sense of yes. belonging, such that mm -hmm. the child isn't lost. And therefore, as an adult, still lost. Parents, once again, listen to Dr. Promise. She he is dropping some gem. You're right. You know, I agree with you 100%. Thank you. So we are going to round up now. But you're coming back, right? We have a big news. That's a different one. We're coming back, right? <laughs> yes, as as you allow me to come back uh, to on this podcast, I'm very grateful for inviting me. Thank you to all your listeners. Thank you for all the good work you do on your podcast in as a realtor, as a personal friend, advisor, marriage counselor, all of that. Um, I don't know what people's beliefs are out there. But I pray that your strength would increase, the grace on you would increase, and that we'll do this again when I come back in a different capacity, uh, possibly, as a, full -time, as, possibly as a full-time preacher. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> in, now he's dropping that gem, in Jesus' name. That's retirement <laughs> we're talking about, hint, hint. Uh -huh. <laughs> All right. Thank you. So I'm going Thank to do my you. Thank you. Thank you, listener. Thank you, everyone. It was nice to talk to you. All right. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to this podcast of 360 Diaspora Experience. It's our prayer and commitment to support you as you strive to build legacy for your family. If you'd like to contact me, KG, please email me at kg at metrohomesrealty.com. And don't forget to check out my website, metrohomesrealty.com. It's been my pleasure to share with you until next time. Have a wonderful day.